All right, let's open our Bibles to the Gospel of John. John chapter 1, pick it up where we left off. Uh, one, one thing, uh, go ahead and turn there. One thing I wanted to, uh, to pray before we get started for Jess's dad. Uh, maybe some of you get the emails, and uh, he's back in the hospital again. And uh, I went and saw him yesterday. He's, he's, uh, he's okay, but he's, he's in pretty rough shape. And uh, I told him we'd pray for him here. And uh, they had to remove his spleen and, and all kinds of other stuff is still going on. And it's just like this journey that's like taking a long time to kind of settle down for him physically. So uh, let's go ahead and pray for him right now. Father, we thank you for your, the fact that you hear us. Lord, when we cry out to you, we, and we ask you on behalf of Dan uh, that you would touch him, that you would touch his body, Lord, you would... Uh, just heal him and bring him back uh, to good health, Lord. It's been kind of a scary ride. I just pray for peace for him, Lord. He, he does profess to know you, and so I pray you'd give him your peace. I pray for the rest of the family too, especially uh, Mike and Jess, and uh, just give them uh, your peace as well, Lord, as they also walk with uh, him through this uh, trial, Lord. We pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so New Testament, a uh, little review here. Uh, how many books? You can read that. 27 books. And the numbers are what? And that's kind of like the Old Testament, right? Except the 12 turned around. See? You need to learn something. Okay, so 521 and 1 in the, in the first section is what? History, right? And then? Letters, letters, right? And then what? Prophecy, only one. It's the book of Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the prophecy about things to come. So, so that's, uh, can anybody tell me what the, uh, the history books are? Go ahead and shout it out. Okay, you got that. And we talked last time about the writers of, of each of those books. It's kind of interesting. So this, I want to just give you a little something new to think about here in terms of the letters. We, we looked at the history. That's five books, right? And you say, well, how many books are in the letters again? 21. Well, I want to break it down for you in 555. I like the number five, as you noticed. Because I... You know, to add another number to it, that's more than my brain can, can take in. You know, 5, 12, I can do 1. And I can do turn 12 around into 21. This might get a little too complicated for you, but this is the way my, my brain, so it gives you like a picture into my brain in the middle of the night. Uh, so 5, 5, 5, right? 21. Now, how do I come to that? This is how I come to that. 5 plus 1, 5 plus 2, and 5 plus 3. You say, well, that makes no sense, right? Like, what in the world is that? Can anybody guess? It adds up to 21. Yeah, it does add up to 21. Can you guess what the 1s and 2 and 3s are? Anybody? Right. It's when, it's when the books are first and second. Or first, second, and third. So in the, in the first section, uh, you know, you have 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. But, 
But you, are, you can already, if you memorize five, you got them all. You got six, right? And the second one, it's the same kind of thing. We're not going to get to that today. And then the third one is the same thing, too, where if you memorize five, you've got them all, right? Because, like, the letters of John, there are how many? Three. The letters of Peter are how many? Two, right. So there's your extra three right there. So, so this, we'll keep doing this. Repetition, we talked about this youth worship. Repetition is the only way we're going to ever learn anything. This here is the way, I'm going to say, R.C. Gep. Can you say that? R.C. Gep. That's how you know the first ones. One thing I forgot to point out here, too, is the first two sections are written by the Apostle Paul. Okay, so that's like, you know, that's the whole of the first two sections. And, and then they call the, the last section the general epistles. Although uh, the book of Hebrews I include in, into that last section, though some people believe it was written by Paul, but I think it really is not established enough for us to definitively say that. So I'm going to include it in the general epistles, okay? So R.C. Gep, R.C. stands for my initials. I can remember those all day long. <laughs> R.C. Gep, R.C. Gep. This is something that kind of sticks in your head, R.C. Gep. So what does that stand for? Romans, Romans Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. So you've got the first five there just by R.C. Gep. If you can think about that, and next week... You know, we'll, we're going to go through this again just until you get R.C. Gip, R.C. Gip, R.C. Gip. Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, and Philippians. And you, so you've got the first five, you know, really six letters of Paul, right? Okay? Just breaking it down a little bit so we have a rough idea, a clearer idea, the picture of how this is laid out and, and how these books sort of, you know, fill up the New Testament, Okay? So let's, let's look back now a little bit of uh, thinking back about the Gospel of John. Why was it written? It was written that you may believe. That was the, the, the underlying reason why the Gospel of John was written, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. John Chapter 20, verse 31. So we're, we're going to kind of refer to that throughout the book, that this is, this is why it was written, and is he accomplishing what he set out to do? I think he is. I, I, from, from beginning to end, he's, he's accomplishing that purpose, that you and I would believe, not only for salvation, but we would continue, and our faith would grow. We, our trust in him would grow. We would be believing that Jesus is the answer. He's the Christ, the Son of God. And by believing, we'd have life in his name. So we looked last time at the first four verses, and we're going we're to take it on from there. But it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And he was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. There's some, some powerful, powerful things here. And, and just this concept about who is Jesus Christ, who he truly, truly is, that he was the Word. If you remember, we looked at verse 14. It says, the Word became flesh. 
and made his dwelling among us. So the word was with God, and the word was God. And then the word became flesh. So did he just start to exist when he became flesh? No, he was pre-existent. The, Jesus Christ was, being God, he was eternally existent. That's something I think we don't quite, people you know, still kind of say, well, I thought Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Well, yeah, he was. When he took a human body, but, he, but that wasn't the beginning of Jesus. He was eternally existent with the Father. That's what it says here. He was with God, and he was God right? That's so important. That's like a foundational thing that if you don't, if you don't grasp that, I want you to think about it. I want you to, to ask questions because it, with that, that's like the foundation of where we go with, with this whole thing about who Jesus is. He's not just a man. He's not just a good teacher. He's not just a prophet. He's not just a guy who came and, and walked on water, as incredible as that was. He was God with us. He came down, he was there in the beginning at creation. And, and we just read it here that, that creation all happened through him. He was the, the one of, of the Trinity that, that creation kind of came through him. We read it as well that it, not only was it through him, not only by him, but it was also for him. It was all created for him, for our Savior Jesus. So today... I want to look at another one of the giant concepts in the Gospel of John, and there are, are, are a number of giant concepts, and this is another one of the very huge concepts, and we, found, we find it here in verse 4. It says, in him was life. We talked about that already, but, but it says that life was the light of men. That, light was the, that life was the light of men. Today, what... What I want to focus on, and we're going to look at different verses in the Gospel of John and keep track of how many verses that we do so that you can kind of figure back again how long we're going to be in the Gospel of John for you mathematician people. Jesus, not only is he God, but Jesus, it says he is the light of men. He's the light of men. Look at verse 5. It says, The light shines in the darkness. But the darkness has not understood it. We'll talk about that in a second. It says, in him was life, and that, light was, that life was the light of men. These concepts of life and light. He talks about them over and over again. Life and light. Now, the opposites of those two are what? Death and darkness. So, so you know, that... You know, the answers to death and darkness are life and light. That's why John is like, he's, the Gospel of John is in a, in, a, in a category by itself, as I explained a few weeks back, as opposed to the synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. He's got these, he's got these incredible concepts that, that are just uh, so powerful. This idea of light, that Jesus is... The light. Jesus came to light up the darkness. Well, I don't know that, that you know, we have to explain that, that there's a lot of darkness in this world. But perhaps we do. 
But let me ask you a question first. Is anyone here afraid of the dark? You won't admit it. I know that. You won't raise your hand. But are you really? There are people who are afraid of the dark. You know, especially little kids, right? You got to leave all the lights on, or I can't go to sleep. Like, if you leave the lights on, I can't go to sleep. Right? Except, except when I'm reading and I fall asleep, you know, and I wake up at like 12:30 and all the lights are on. I'm going like. Mostly when my wife's, uh, you know, away and she's not there to say, turn off the light, will you? <laughs> you know, but why are we afraid of the dark? Why are we afraid of the dark? You can't see. You can't see where you're going. You can't see what's going on, right? We... Uh, we have a little carpet in our front room. We, we, we cleaned it the other day. And uh, so it was a good, a good excuse to like move the furniture all around, right? And, <laughs> you know, that's cool and I like it and everything. Except I have to get up in the middle of the night to go, you know, to the bathroom and, and it's dark. And so I'm remembering where this stuff is, you know? But then I have to remember, then I have to change my thinking. If we move the furniture, oh, like last night I went to the wrong area and I'm, I'm trying to get through. I'm going, like, what that, what's that thing doing there? This, you know, this hassock thing. You know, when it's dark, we don't know where we are. We don't know, you know, how to get anywhere. I can still remember uh, at, at the Bible college when, when we were there, and we went uh, uh, up into the upstairs room, and it was so dark. You, could, you know, sometimes, sometimes it is so dark, you can't even see like one inch in front of your face. You know what I'm saying? And that can, that can be kind of overwhelming. And, you, you know, there were a lot of stairs, and there were a lot of things in the way, so you're kind of like walking around with your hand out in front of you so you know where you are. But that's how darkness is. It, you know, we, we, we really can't can't tell what's there. We can't, we can't see which way to go. And I, and I think the fear that we have about the darkness is, too, we don't know what's there. We're, you know, when you're a kid, you know, what's there? You know? But he says here that he was the life and the light of men. In other words, that he brings life and he brings light. David Guzik uh, says this. He says, without him, we are dead and in darkness. And he says, significantly, significantly, man has an inborn fear towards both death and darkness. That's interesting, isn't it? This inborn thing, like we're afraid of death, we're afraid of the dark, but Jesus came to bring life and he brings... And he came to bring light to, to help us in those areas that we, we just have a, a real problem with. He came to bring light into our dark, dark world. Paul says in Ephesians, that's part of R.C. Gep, right? R.C. Gep, G-E-P, Ephesians, says that, says that those who are not believers, it says they are darkened. 
in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. There's this darkness. There's, a, there's this darkness in the world. But Jesus Christ came to bring life and light. Life and light. You know, what would happen to us without the light of the sun? What would happen to us? We, we, all, we would all die. There's no question about it. If the sun, and they say the sun is kind of burning out, but it's going to take a while, right? I don't know how long, but it's going to take a long time. Life on this planet will cease to exist without light, the light of the sun. But it's also true, as David Guzik pointed out, is without the Son of God, we are dead. We have no life and we have no light. This is important. This is a big concept. That's why I'm just focusing in on this word light. We saw it here in, in verse 5. It says, the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. And some translations, even the margin of this translation says, overcome it. You say, well, well, which one is it? Well, it's actually both, because if you look at the meaning of that word, understood, the, real, the meaning of it is laid hold of. Okay? So, so the, the darkness has not laid hold of the light. So that can mean both laid hold of and understanding it, but also laid hold of it of trying to stop it. The darkness cannot stop the light, though. It can't, right? When you turn on a light in a room, you know, uh, in a dark room, it, it goes everywhere, right? And what happens? The cockroaches scramble. They scatter, right? The dark, we'll get to that in a minute. Verse 6 and 7, there came a man who, who was sent from God. His name was John. This is John the Baptist. He came as a witness to testify concerning what? That light. So that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. And the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He came as a witness to the light. He wasn't the light. He, he was a witness to the light. We're going to talk more about John the Baptist in coming studies. But, but he said that he came as a witness to the light. And it says in verse 9 that the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. In other words, there are false lights as well. Right? Doesn't it say that the New Testament tells us that even, that even you know, Satan masquerades what? As an angel of light. There's false lights. There's a lot of things that come along and say, this is the light that you need. You know, Deepak Chopra and all these other strange people come along and say, you know, this is the light. This is the light you need. When, when there's really only one true light. There's, no, there's not a bunch of lights. There's only one, the true light, and he was coming into the world. You see that in verse 9? He was coming into the world, and he, he gives light to every man. In other words, it's available for all to see this light. 
But the problem is that, that all don't see it, right? Why doesn't everybody see it? Well, let's jump ahead to John chapter 3. We're going we're gonna to go through some different verses here in our little journey concerning this subject of light. John chapter 3 and jump ahead to verse 19. What does it say there? This is right after the passage of, you know, for God so loved the world. John 3.19, it says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world. But what? Men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the light, excuse me, by the truth, comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. This is interesting, isn't it? We talk about, you know, being afraid of the dark, but here it says that people actually love the dark. They love the darkness, I think, not so much because they like the darkness itself, but as opposed to the light, hey, you know, we're going to love the darkness. We love the darkness because we don't want to face the light because the light shows us, and, and that's where the cockroaches scatter. When the light comes in, they love darkness instead of light. Hate the light. Hate the light. They love darkness and hate the light. That's kind of mixed up, isn't it? You know? I don't know about you, but I like things to be bright. I like, you know, that's why one of the reasons we, we love this building is because it's very bright in here. Now, we can't, I can't make a real good illustration for you today, you know, about darkness. If, if I could, like, darken all the windows and turn all the lights down, and then I could really make a real impact statement, you know, about dark. And then, I, you know, have people run around, you know, touching you and stuff and, and scaring you and all that. Or we can't make it, you know, like into a big concert hall or anything like that during the daytime. We can do that at night if we want to. Right? But to have things bright, you see, I think that's the way the Lord, that's the way the Lord wants us. You know, he, he looked and he saw it and there was no light. And what did God say? Let there be light. He wants there to be light in our lives. Not the dark, but, but, but he says here that, that people love the darkness and hate the light. It should be the other way around. We love the light and we hate the darkness. And we're not afraid for the light to show on, on our lives. And, and yeah, there may be things in our lives that need to change, that need to, you know, we need to adjust, we need to get, get right. When the light shines on those, at First John he talks about, you know, walk in the light. We need to walk in the light with one another and be honest and, and let the light shine. But, you know, but the, the opposite to, to love darkness and hate light, that's why, that's why he's saying here, 
that people, you know, will not, they don't want Jesus. They don't want the light of the world. They, they, they would rather have the darkness than the light. Now, you know, once you, once you know Jesus and, and, he's, and he's opened your whole soul up to light, it's pretty hard to, to go back. It, it happens, though, right? We call it backsliding. If you're truly born again and you go back into the world, and you're, you, you get involved in stuff maybe that you used to be involved in and the darkness that's out there, and, and you get sucked back into it. But, but in, my, in my experience and understanding, you can go back there and do all that stuff, but you're going to be very miserable because you know what the light is. You know what the truth is. You're not going to stay there. You're not going to, you know, forever be locked up and walking in that darkness. Does that make sense? Love the light and hate the darkness, not the other way around. Verse 21 says, whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. Comes into the light. For us to come into the light, to see what God has done, to see what God will do, that all that, all that he works in our lives, he, it's all done through him. By His power, through the Son of God, Jesus. Any light that I have in my life has come through the light that Jesus brought into my life. I didn't manufacture any of it. Well, I'm going to do good stuff. I'm going to read, you know, I'm going to read five self-help books this week, and I'm going to get it all together. I'm going to be the brightest uh, crayon in the box, right? And that works. They sell a lot of those books, though. Why is that? Because they, there's hope. You know, well, maybe I can get it together. No, what you need to do, what I need to do, the only thing that's changed my life is coming and, and receiving Jesus as the light of the world. And that's like the light comes on then. Let's turn to John chapter 8, the verse I just quoted. We'll read it again. John chapter 8, verse 12. And I was thinking about this today that the date for today is 812. That is so significant. <laughs> Why? Because of this verse here is kind of like the heart of this message, right? 812, John 812. You heard it on August 12th, 812, 2018. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Notice there he's got those concepts together again. The light of life. Light and life together. But he says, I am the light of the world. Just this idea that he says, I am like that. Now there are like seven different I ams in the Gospel of John. Right? These powerful statements. And, and one of the things that makes it so powerful is in the Old Testament, you have, what's the, what's the word for Lord? Capital L-O-R-D. Yahweh. Which one of, the, one of the ways you can translate that is I am who I am. Or the being one, the, the great I am. And it's, and it's talked about that in the Old Testament. The great I am. Moses said, who shall 
you know, I say, sent me. And what did he say? He said, tell them that the I am has sent you. So for Jesus to use a statement like this, he says, I am. He could just stop right there. In fact, he does uh, in, in another place, which we'll get to at some other point. But this is one of the great I am's. He says, I am the light of the world. Not I am one of the lights of the world. I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Notice that he, he didn't just say, I'm the light of Jerusalem or I am the light of Galilee, though he never left the region of Israel, right? He never went anywhere. But he said, I am the light of the world, the whole world, top to bottom, side to side. I am the light of the world. One commentator said this, I like this, what he says. He says, light for the pathway we travel, to know how to live the true purpose of life and the way to heaven. That's what, that's what the light does. He, he shows us the pathway. He shows us how to live. He shows us what life is really all about. The meaning, the purpose of life, which is the ultimate question. And not only that, but he shows us the way to heaven. The light shows us the pathway. How do you get to heaven? Jesus said he was the way, the truth, and the light. Life, and no one comes to the Father but through him. One more verse. I don't know if you've been keeping count here. Let's turn to John chapter 12, verse 46. There are a few others, but we're going we're gonna to end with this one. John chapter 12, verse 46. Anybody keep track of how many verses? Eleven. We jumped up to eleven this week. Is that amazing? That brings it down to about 1.5 years. <laughs> John chapter 12, verse 46. Jesus said, well, let's start it in verse 44 for a little context. Jesus cried out, when a man believes in me, he does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. Who's that? The Father. When he looks at me, he sees the one who sent me. Again, Jesus said that he and the Father are one because he is God. When you look at Jesus, you see the Father, you see God. Verse 46, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. I have come as a light so no one, it's, it's open to all who would come and believe in him that, that we would not need to stay in the darkness. He has opened up the light for all who would come and who would, all who would believe in him. There's a lot of darkness in this world. But Jesus is the light. Now, does that mean that they're all going to just say, oh, well, I've been waiting for that? No, we've already talked about that. I was over at the transfer station the other day, just across the street here. You all know what a transfer station is? It's where you take your trash. Right, and uh, you know it's kind. Of, if you go, if you drive inside, if you have a kind of a heavy load, it smells really bad in there in the summertime. But there was this, this, there was this older gal in there. She was, she told me she was seventy. She's not old, 
because I'm almost that. So she was older, older than me, right? Not old. Anyways, she had this little pickup truck, and I, I offloaded the stuff I had, and, and she had this little pickup truck, and it you know just kind of loaded full of stuff and kind of heavy, and, and I just thought, I'll just go give her a hand because you know I had my gloves on already, and it'll take like five seconds, right? Well, I went over there and started helping her. I didn't even really ask her. I just started pulling stuff out. And she starts telling me, no, no, don't help. It's like, I don't, no. You, then I'll like owe you. And, and I can't, and, and she's like almost starting to cry. And I'm saying, listen, it's no problem. I'm just going to help. I just, it's not a big deal. And, and, and she just kept, you know, she let me help her, but she was like resistant. There was like so much darkness, so much sadness. And, you know, I said, you know, um, God bless you. No, don't. he doesn't bless me. My life is it's so bad. No, he, I don't even believe in any of that. And I said, oh. Well, here you are with all your trash. And I said, you know, Jesus, Jesus will help you. Oh, no, he won't. No, he just he can't. No, he can't help a person like me. And, and, and half the time she's like almost crying. And finally, I just said, you know, I'll pray for you. No, no, don't pray for me. It doesn't do any good anyways. And I'm going, wow. You know, there are people like that all over. You know, you just don't talk to them. If I had never gone up and said, let me just help you, I never would have heard any of that. There are people are hurting all around us. I don't know her name. I should have asked her name so I could pray for her, you know, intelligently, but... but but I did pray for her that God would bring some kind of light into her life. And, you know, uh, and I told her the name Jesus. And maybe just that name somehow will make a connection in her life. The name of Jesus. No one who believes in me should stay in darkness. We don't need to stay in darkness. Paul said in 2 Timothy that, that when Jesus came, it says our Savior Jesus Christ, he destroyed death. And he brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Again, those concepts of life and light through Jesus, found in Jesus. Found this verse in Psalm. Not that one, this one. Psalm 1828. You, O Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. I don't know about you, but, but sometimes even as Christians, we go through periods of darkness. There, it's seeming darkness, but he turns that darkness into light. I've seen it. I've felt it. I've experienced it over and over in this life where he brings light. You turn my darkness into life, into light. We don't need to stay in the dark. We don't need to fear the dark, and we don't need to fear death. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that, that you sent your Son, Jesus, who existed with, it, with you from eternity past, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that the, the Trinity, that Jesus was sent, your Son was sent to this world to bring life and to bring light into the darkness. It's a dark, 
It's a dark place. It's a dark world. It's a dark life. And we need light. We need light to, to show us where we are, to show us who we are, to show us the way ahead. Lord, we thank you that, that you're here for us even today. You are the light of the world. And whoever follows you, we don't need to walk in darkness. We follow you, the light of the world. I don't know, but maybe there's some here today that are facing periods of darkness. It just seems so dark, but I want to say to you today, you can cry out to him and, and he will bring that light. He'll turn your darkness into light. And maybe, you're, maybe you've never experienced the life and the light of Jesus. You can today. You're just simply asking him to come in, receiving him which we'll look at next time in John 1, 12. To as many as, as received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right or the power to become children of God. That's all we have to do is receive and believe and trust in him. You can pray right now. And pray with me, dear, dear God, I, I thank you for your son, Jesus, who came to the earth to die on a cross, to, to pay the price for my sins so that I could live and have life, eternal life. So I receive Jesus and I believe in him today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand and sing together, shall we?